On the Healthy Human Revolution podcast, Dr. Lori Marbus interviews nutrition and lifestyle medicine experts and extraordinary guests whose informative and inspiring stories will empower you with the knowledge to transform your life and health. Hi, and welcome to the Healthy Human Revolution podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marbus, and I am excited to introduce you to a good friend of mine, Matt Buckner. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Good. And Matt's a really cool story, so I'm really excited for you guys to listen to it and use this as an inspiration, and maybe we can talk about, you know, some of the challenges and everything, but you had a dramatic weight loss, and maybe we start with just the background of where did the weight come from, kind of your upbringing, any idea there where that might have stemmed from? Yeah, I think, you know, I think originally the weight gain was pretty standard as far as the older I got, the more pounds I put on, right? And uh, it was probably a, a, to a large degree too, not um, not identifying that uh, it was what I was eating, that I wasn't correlating food to weight gain. I wasn't correlating food to health. There was a huge disconnect there. Um, I grew up in Texas, so, uh, you know, well, and there's everything. The problem. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, chicken fried steak and, and barbecue brisket and all of those things is how I was raised. And, you know, I wasn't really ever, I mean, of course there were vegetables around, but, you know, I was very meat centric um, and very, uh, you know, high calorie centric too. We, we loved eating delicious foods We and barbecues and cookouts and things like that were just part of our social upbringing. So, uh, you know, as I got older, um, I think, you know, a, a, a very good effective means of weight loss is poverty. So I was a starving musician when I was younger. And so really, I, I don't think I had uh, the weight problems then because I really just couldn't afford to buy food or put gas in my car or anything like that. So it kind of managed itself. Of course, when I got older and, and got a got a steady income, I like to I'd like to reward myself with, you know, a good meal, a good restaurant. You know, I, I thought I was a foodie. You know, I wanted to experience all of that Anthony Bourdain type stuff, you know, and uh, and I did. I was I was I became a really big eater and I became really big because of how I was eating. Mm. Um, but, you know. It was funny too that obviously when you're younger, you never go to the doctor, you know, you're you're bulletproof, nothing's wrong with me, especially I think from a male point of view, right? Like it's never went to a doctor ever, you know, through my probably until I hit my 30s. And I think it was my wife, Laura, who at one point, you know, we'd been together a while and she's like, you should probably like go get a checkup. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know why, but okay, I'll go. And then, you know, the typical thing where the doctor's like, you know, eh, your blood pressure is a little high, but nothing to worry about. You probably want to lose 10 or 15 pounds, you know, see you again in a year. Okay, great. Yeah. And then come back in a year and it's like your blood pressure is a little higher. Your cholesterol doesn't look very good. And you probably could lose 25 or 30 pounds. And then, you know, and then it was like. A year later, it's like, okay, we've got to have a serious talk. I want to put you on blood pressure medication. We've really got to address your cholesterol issue. And, you know, now you need to lose 50 pounds plus, you know, and then it, and, and from then, you know, I, 
I like to think that I was a good listener, but probably not a good uh, actor, right? Where I would leave the doctor's office very inspired and be like, okay, going to the gym, I'm gonna eat right. And, you know, in a year I'm gonna go back and they'll be so impressed with me and how I've taken all the weight off. And of course, the next checkup, I would weigh even more. My blood work would be even worse. And I really wasn't getting a lot of good advice as far as, you know, exercise and eat right, you know, and I'm mm. like, and until I finally uh, came across a doctor, um, Dr. Alan Kuhn, uh, who is largely responsible for, for a lot of my transformation, where he kind of sat me down. He was one of those, one of those wonderful physicians that was willing to have that hard talk with their patient, you know, that he was like, look, you know, I can tell you why you need, why you keep gaining weight. And I can tell you, you know, why your blood work looks like this, you know, and because before I think it was almost like the message I was getting was, well, you know, you're getting older and, you know, people put on weight as they age and, you know, your, your organs just don't work like they did when they were before. So, you know, your cholesterol is going to go up naturally. Your blood, oh, did you have heart disease in your family? Well, it's hereditary. Not much you can do about that, you know, and be sent on my way. And then, you know, with, with Dr. Kuhn, I was really fighting. He was like, we're going to have to put you on medication. And I, I did not like the sound of that, you know, and I did not want to be, uh, and it was, uh, you know, heart disease d does run in my family. So I did not, I, I didn't like that, you know, and I, and I also considered myself to be pretty young to be put on these types of medications. So, you know, I would negotiate with him and <laughs> bargain with him. But th of course, then the checkups were, well, I can't see you once a year anymore, you know, like it's going to have to be every six months. And then, you know, and then it was more frequent than that. But uh, finally, he was, you know, he's like, look, we got to talk about portion control. We've got to talk about calories in and, and we, you know, and, but I was receptive to that. I, I'm sure that, you know, we know most people don't want to hear the hard truth about things, but I I wasn't trying to look for an escape route or put it off on anything else. I I wanted to fix it, but I you know I would go to the gym and I would gain weight. You know? oh. <laughs> so um, and I would also go to the gym and be very hungry and go eat. <laughs> you know right. so uh, right. so that was uh, you know I found myself being at ultimately, even though my negotiations finally ran out and he said, look, you're, you know, your cholesterol is dangerously high. Your, your blood pressure is dangerously high. Um, we've, we've got to put you on these meds. And I kind of felt like I lost at that point. And the other thing that happened to me was when I went back for the checkup to make sure that the, that the meds were doing their job, my cholesterol did get better. My cholesterol numbers improved and, and my blood pressure came down through medication, which then feeling like I had, you know, prolonged the inevitable for as long as I could, I kind of took that as, well, now I can do whatever I want. You know, I've got these pills so I can have these chicken wings, you know, <laughs> I can have that, I can have that pepperoni pizza. That's literally what I did. I mean, I'm not proud of that, but I kind of was defeated, but going, you know, it, it enabled me to act worse. And so I gained a lot more weight, even though I wasn't, you know, even though my blood pressure was under control and my cholesterol was under control, it, I, you know, then found myself 
a hundred pounds overweight. Um, and, wow. and, and was having conversations about, gee, I don't know, doc, my back always hurts, you know? And he's like, well, let's talk about some reasons why your lower back might hurt, <laughs> you know? Could right. it be, could it be that you need to lose some weight? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. I got to put, I got to lose some weight. And he's like, no, really? Like, let's talk about your BMI. Like, let's look mm -hmm. at how much you need to lose. And, you know, I, uh, I definitely, and at the time too, it's these lenses, you know, the, my eyes weren't seeing a morbidly obese guy in the mirror. I, mm. I looked, I looked fine to me, you know, it's like had big arms. I wore a size double X shirt, you know, it's like, I went to the gym all the time. I'm a, I'm a big guy, you know, NFL looking guy. Right. So, uh, now I look back at those pictures. It's horrifying. You know, they're, you know, mm. 10 chins of my, well, a chin that just connected to my chest. And, you know, wow. I look like, I look like the guy that ate meat. And mm. uh, so, you know, he, he obviously, uh, I always get this, this quote, I attribute this quote wrong, so, but I know you'll help me because you do every time I say it. Um, yeah. Eat real food, not too much, mostly plants. Mm -hmm. That's Michael what, Pollan. that's the, Michael Pollan. Thank you. <laughs> That's what Dr. Kuhn said to me to, to get me thinking, well, wait a minute, you know, like, that's interesting. Like no one's ever really said anything like that to me before. Right. So, mm. and he would actually go, you know, cause I would always say, doc, I eat healthy like this, you know, can we look at my metabolism? I think my metabolism's messed up, you know, you know, maybe that blood pressure medication you put me on, does that cause weight gain? Is that a side effect? You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure this, this has nothing to do with me. This is some outside force acting on me because I shouldn't weigh this much. You know, this is something that happened to me. This isn't anything I caused. This couldn't be, mm. this couldn't be the pepperoni pizza. This can't be the chicken wings, you know? Mm. And I would always tell him that, you know, I cook my own meals. I eat really healthy. And we would look at, you know, and I thought healthy was broccoli, right? Mm -hmm. Not, it wasn't the fact, and I was having chicken. I'm like, you know, I eat chicken, I eat broccoli. I mean, I'm cooking my own meals and I was leaving out the part that I would, you know, basically fry the chicken and a half a bottle of olive oil because olive oil is healthy too, right? <laughs> you know, so I wasn't really looking at caloric density at all. And I wasn't, and I, and I also found myself always hungry, always hungry. I would eat a huge meal. And then of course, you know, 45 minutes, an hour later, I'm, I'm heading into the kitchen to get the ice cream out of the freezer, you know, so um so yeah when i you know i kept kind of i kept trying to solve this weight gain problem and a friend of mine had recommended uh rich roll's book and mm, of finding course ultra? Finding, finding ultra, ultra. okay well, what I, was your max weight by the way what was that weight well i don't know because oh. <laughs> i got up to i got up to I would weigh myself religiously at the gym every day, digital, big, fancy digital scale at the gym. You know, all, all health clubs have this fancy scale and, and it kept going the wrong direction. And one day it said 287. Wow. And, and I think the number before that had been like 280 something, you know, like 282 or something. And then like, you know, a week later, it's like 287. And I'm like, wait a minute, like, that's first of all, that's and, wrong. The scale is definitely you, broken. 
Yeah, but I know you're tall, but tell them how tall you are too. I mean, but it's I'm, it's I'm still six a lot. two. I'm yeah, six two, and I weigh 187 pounds right now. So, so at least 100 pound weight loss minimum. At least 100 pounds, probably more, because at that point I stopped getting on the scale and I stopped being photographed. So mm. like at my heaviest, I would I would always be the guy that it's like, here, I'll hold the camera. You guys go over there. I'll take your picture. You know, this was at Thanksgiving and Christmas and things, too. And those holidays were obviously very food centric for me, too. Like I was planning my day around how much I was going to eat that day, you know, right. um, so and how many naps I was going to take <laughs> in between those meals, um, oh. you know, and I was uh, so. So yeah, I never, I, I, it was horrifying to see that approaching 290, approaching 300 pounds. Like I, you know, I guess, I guess 250 was something that was manageable to me. And then everything above that, like was a component of 250, right? Like 265 yeah. isn't too far away from 250. And I don't know why no one ever, you know, it was like 200 pounds when I was a kid was like a goal to get to like you're, yeah you're big when you're 200, you have to be at least 200 pounds to be considered a big guy, right? So I wanted right. to get to 200. So, you know, so 220 was like, well, that's, that's around 200, you know, and then, yeah. and I remember when I started my weight loss, I, my goal weight was 220, because that was in my mind, the healthiest I had ever been, um, the fittest I had ever been, and the lowest weight I could remember that wow. seemed attainable right so my goal was 220 so and that's that was actually where i stopped where i plateaued i lost 65 pounds got down to 220 and but felt great and you know obviously when you lose 50 60 pounds people are high-fiving you people are excited right like mm -hmm. they're like oh my god matt look at you look at you you well, lose 100 pounds the conversation changes dramatically like right? if you have cancer you're too skinny yeah. da, da, da. I'm curious. I literally, what, yeah. What? Sorry. Before we get to the weight loss, how many meds were you on, just so people could kind of correlate? So I was on, with... I was on four. I was on yeah. one for acid reflux, which was mm -hmm. basically you know prescription Prilosec, I guess, because uh, mm -hmm. I had continuous severe acid reflux. Wonder, wonder why, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, I had chronic back pain, so I was on pain blockers. I uh, never, never got into anything stronger than that. Thank God my doctor was very adamant that we not go down that road. Thank, thank God he was not, uh, he was of that mindset or I would have had a whole different battle to fight. Mm -hmm. um, and then of course, cholesterol and high blood pressure. So four, gotcha. four prescription medications. Um, I rem and, you know, I also, one of my problems was I would go to get my prescriptions filled and I would be standing in line with a lot of sick people and I'm not sick. You know, I was like, and they're older too, right? It was, I live in Florida. So, you know, oh. there, there was a lot of <laughs> old sick people at the pharmacy that seemed to, that seemed to be planning their day around their trip to the pharmacy. Right. And all I wanted to do was just uh -huh. go get my refill and get out of there. Right. And there it's mm -hmm. like, this was like a gathering place, you know? And I was like, here's, I... here's something. I do not want to be involved in, right? Like, it's really interesting you say that because I mean, I've been hypothyroid since I was 25. And so that's been, well, almost, I guess, 25 years, almost 26. <laughs> and what was interesting, I have the same thing. I get real antsy standing in line to go to the pharmacy 
I mean, the mail order, thank God, because then it just comes to me. That's the only medicine that's prescribed. And I'm just like, I feel like, am I failed in my life? Cause I'm staying. <laughs> it really is like, I, I I really like even if you were sick, antibiotics or anything, but I haven't been on. And I, I honestly can't remember the last time I had an antibiotic. It's been decades at least, but yeah, it is. I, I really feel like people can appreciate that, that um, environment and the unease when you don't right. want to be there. I told others. And then you see others who are just resolved that this is their life that's their wow. day that's their their yeah they're it's living really their life in line at the pharmacy and i you know and i i also at the time my work took me uh international travel a lot um mm. so now you've got customs where you're declaring your medication right oh, that wow. sucks that's humiliating wow. um also planning like if i'm going to be two weeks abroad i'm, I'm counting pills i'm Right. Taking all my pill bottles, dumping out the pills, going, okay, two, four, so do I have enough? And then having to go explain to the pharmacist that, no, you have to give me my prescription early. I'm going to be out of the country. So, and then he's got to call the doctor and the doc, you know, and it was mm. just all this ordeal based around all of these medications. Right. And, and then my size was becoming an issue. Obviously, you know, I, I didn't get to sit first class when I, traveled on business. I was back in the back and, you know, right. I didn't realize, you know, like I remember coming back from a trip from Europe and my doctor asked me, he goes, well, what'd you think? And I was like, what do you mean? And there was a couple of things that I immediately reflected on that it was like, well, first of all, no such thing as a to-go box there. And their portions, at the, I said at the time, I said, their portions are so small. Like I was, mm you know, I was hungry all the time. I would order a meal and they would bring me like half a meal. You know, they would bring me this little plate of food. And he goes, no, that's an, actually a normal plate of food. Like what we have in the United States is this massive plate of food and to-go boxes. Right. And he goes, but he goes, but what else? And I said, oh, I get it. Yeah, there's no, there's no fat people in Europe <laughs> at the time. <laughs> This was a this was a while back. I mean, this has right. been almost eight years now. Uh, so for me, so you know, seven and a half, almost eight years. So yeah, at the at the time, there wasn't any Kentucky Fried Chicken in Europe either. There wasn't a Taco mm. Bell, you know. So right. uh, so yeah, a lot of things, uh, you know, that I didn't like then. That but he, you know, I was also a giant there. You know, like when I got you get on a Lufthansa flight in the middle row you do not fit. It's not a matter of asking the flight attendant for an extension belt for your lap belt. It's that your waist does not go between the armrest, you know, wow. that you can physically not squeeze yourself into that seat. So I was dealing, you know, that's, those were the low points was, you know, the, the trips to the pharmacy, standing in line, feeling like I didn't belong there, being you know, humiliated on commercial airlines, mm. um, not not humiliated by them. I was humiliated. I was, right. you know, I was embarrassed at my size and the condition I was in. Um, reading the Rich Roll book, reading Finding Ultra, and believe me, when I read that book for the first time, I, I was looking for uh, workout tips, fitness tips. I was not looking for nutrition or diet tips at all. I was mm. like, you know, this rich guy seems pretty fit. He seems like he runs, uh, you know, maybe, maybe there'll be some like 5k training program in the back or something I can check out. You know, that's, right. that was my mindset was that I was going to, I was just going to work out more, you know, 
and I would lose the weight. I would just work mm -hmm. out harder and I would lose the weight. And, you know, I started getting to those parts in the book that started talking about plant-based diet, et cetera, and was like, yeah, that seems like some kind of California hippie ritual thing. Like, I'm not, that's not me, you know, right, so I'm right. like, good, good, good for that guy, but, you know, I'm not doing any of that. But then, you know, again, all of this stuff started falling into place, and I, I also remember uh, bumping into an old friend who was always fit. He was a personal trainer, but he just looked uber lean and ripped. And I was like, man, what's going on with you? Like, you look fantastic. And he was like, yeah, man, I, I went vegan. And mm -hmm. I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like, you should look really malnourished and, you know, pale and weak right now. Like, how is this? And he said, he goes, I got one word for you, man. Just go watch Forks Over Knives. Go get on Netflix and watch Forks Over Knives. And I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm definitely not going to do that, but thank you, you know, and I couldn't get out of my head. And then, and Netflix was new, you know, that was a new yeah. thing. So we had the Netflix subscription, you know, and uh, so I finally, you know, I don't know, I think I mentioned it to Laura and she was like, you know, I heard about that too. Let's watch it. And we watched it and it really was eye opening. But again, I was like, not going to do that. And <laughs> And one of the suggestions that came up after Forks Over Knives was the Joe Cross film was The Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. And I was like, well, let's watch this. And, for, and so, of course, I watched Forks Over Knives, going to a plant-based diet, how you can heal yourself. And I immediately after that, go, go watch Joe Cross drink only juice for one year and went, that's what I'm going to do. And I ordered a juicer on the spot and immediately began juice fasting and it was excruciating, <laughs> but it was a great, it was, it was a great jumping off point. I think, mm. I think I, you know, I really, I had a lot of self-loathing going on and I really wanted to punish myself in a lot of ways. Mm. You know, I wasn't doing anything sustainable. I would, you know, I would typically leave the doctor's office and try to starve myself for as long as possible. Uh, you know, just from the shame of the doctor visit, you know, he'd be like, well, more bad news, buddy. You know, it's like you're, you, you gained 10 more pounds and, you know, I might have to up your cholesterol medication and, you know, um, you know, anyway, see you in a month, you know, I was, I was also having to go back, you know, it's like, I want more blood work. I want to look at this. I want to increase your dosage. And, you know, those meds made me feel bad too. Like that was, yeah. I was constantly complaining to him that I'm like, it wasn't a specific symptom. It wasn't like, oh, I can't sleep or, oh, I sleep too much. Or it was like, I feel bad all of the time, you know, mm -hmm. like, and, oh, we'll adjust your dosage and try taking this one at night and take this one in the morning. And, you know, I, yeah. I used to joke with them that, you know, this must be why they call it practicing medicine, because we just play around with the dosages and see if we can get it right. And, God bless uh, your position, because I'm sure you were a handful. <laughs> I was, but yeah, you know, really, God bless him. Though I, I do think I, you know, I know he probably didn't have a lot of fans. I'm sure his, you know, that I'm sure a lot of patients walked out of his office going, "I'm never going back to that guy," because he told me none of what I wanted to hear. Right? Mm -hmm. I was receptive to it, and I really do respond to that kind of tough love mentality, right? Where mm -hmm. he took the time to sit down with me and go do you really want to know why you're overweight? You know, do you really want to know what's going on here? And 
And so, yeah, God bless him for that and giving me the straight truth and, and telling me that I did have a choice too. I mean, yeah. I know that, you know, my in-laws have been handed the same scripts and said, you will take this for the rest of your life and not having, or you could do this. That's just, no, you will take this for the rest of your life. And they wow. go, okay, well, my doctor says I have to take it for the rest of my life. I guess that's what I have to do. Mm -hmm. I was like, and thank God I was resistant to that. You know, I don't know why I re I thought that, you know, being overweight and having high blood pressure was okay, but taking prescription drugs was like the, the hard line that I wasn't willing to cross, but I hated that. Mm. I felt really, I felt just, you know, out of, that I didn't have control over anything anymore, that, that mm. I was dependent on these pills and, and that that situation wasn't going to get any better. So... You feel like it was easier just to not, like if you weren't on pills, you could ignore the mirror, you could did not get on the scale, you could just kind of like, hey, whatever. But with the peel, it was like a daily reminder, like the pills daily like reminder. Your, yeah. Little, and it's like you're swallowing your fate, right? It, it really was. And that they, and that they didn't make me feel good. Maybe if they made me feel really good, then I would have been a big fan of the pills, but they made me feel like crap all the time. Yeah. I don't know any actually drug that makes you well, unless it's illegal. There might right. be some, but uh, or there in some, some states, drugs some that, are. <laughs> that are legal that still shouldn't be taken. But that's another conversation. But yeah, I feel like the same people say the same thing. And well, I, I would take that back. Like my thyroid medication, if I don't take that, I would eventually not feel well. <laughs> right, and, I'm and not I would saying... say probably some women and hormone replacement. Yeah. There, there are certainly indications exactly. for medications and you feel better, but obviously, exactly. you know, These not blood I think meds. that I've never heard anyone else taking statins that was like, no. man, I feel great. They're like, no. I just feel like crap all of the time. Like I felt or better blood pressure before meds. I was like, right. Yeah. The blood pressure yeah. meds and, and the playing with the dosages and the switching to different brands and all of that was just a nightmare. I mean, I was, right. and and again, I just felt like this isn't me. Like I'm not supposed to be, I'm too young. This isn't right. You know, I shouldn't mm. be here. <laughs> so, so whatever that was mm. in me. <laughs> so after the juice fast, so this was, what year was this? 13, 14? Yeah. Yeah. And probably, so it was in between, um, at that time, my life was a series of trade shows, right? And trips. Um, so I knew that I had, uh, there's a, a show in spring in Europe called Music Mesa that, uh, that I was going to be attending. And this was kind of the catalyst was, you know, I, it's a transcontinental flight. I wanted yeah. to be, I wanted to lose weight. And I also uh, wanted to show all of those clients that, you know, that I had, the last time they saw me, I was morbidly obese and a hundred pounds overweight. And this time there's going to be this huge transformation. And my goal was to, to drop 50 pounds before wow. before that show and to be able to fit in a in a seat comfortably on an airplane so that I could you know not suffer for eight hours on the trip there and then right. to you know um and just to you know not be embarrassed the whole time because you know you're you're seeing these people on basically an annual basis and so you you left them with that image in your mind right it's like mm. you're we didn't, you know, we didn't do video calls constantly then. So they would basically be that, you know, okay, see you next year thing. And so I kind of wanted that wow factor, the big reveal. So I worked really hard. I, you know, I definitely did 
calorie restriction to the max. You know, obviously the juice fast thing was really difficult, but it yielded really impressive, quick results, right? Like how I did dropped you, 20 how, pounds. Whoa, 20 pounds and how quick? In like a week. Oh my goodness. I mean, wow. but it was, I had 20 pounds to lose. I had a hundred pounds to lose. So right. I, um, I was also, you know, exercising constantly, uh, you know, really trying to keep on the, the juice fast thing. It was, it was delicious. Um, and it actually energized me too. I can remember, obviously there's severe highs and lows on juice fasting, right? Like you get right. this massive injection of sugar and nutrients and, and no fiber. <laughs> right. But I was exhausted all the time anyway. So really uh -huh. what I remembered was like, I would drink this giant juice and I would have this huge lift for, you know, 30 minutes or 45 minutes or something. Um, and then it would be, you know, setting the timer for when I could have the next juice because I was starving in between, right? So I'm like wow. absolutely starving to death all the time. And then I would take this juice and I would get this big lift. And, wow. and two, I knew looking at it, it's like, this is really healthy, right? It's green, it's orange, it's purple, like all these vibrant colors. You know, it would make this swirly little tie-dyed looking glass of juice, you know, and I'm like, this is amazing. It's It's got to be healthy. It was it was a giant stack of vegetables. Now it's this really colorful glass of juice. I did that great effect, you know, then I thought, well, you know, I can't carry this juicer around everywhere. Bless you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I thought, well, what can I, what can I have? Well, you know, and, and at the time, obviously I was like, well, I know that carbs are bad. <laughs> so if I just, if I just concentrate on, on protein and take, you know, so I would do really horrible things like eat lunch meat, you know, like, oh, eat, wow. like sliced turkey, like it, like, but it was also, I had a, I had a food scale. So wow. I would weigh out, you know, eight ounces of turkey and I would eat that. And then I would be like, and I would, you know, calculate whatever the caloric, you know, equation was, it's like eight ounces, it's this many calories per ounce times eight, this is how many calories I'm eating. So I'm logging everything, I'm weighing everything, drinking lots of water for whatever reason. Um, and the weight just keeps coming down, right? So I, I lost 50, I lost 50 pounds in just over a month. Oh, um, my heavens. Wow. Okay. Is your blood pressure the, and everything plummet? <laughs> it did. I started getting lightheaded. Um, you know, I would stand up too quick and the, the room would kind of spin around, you know, um, and, but I was still like, you know, again, great results, like really brutal, uh, plan that I had an effect here, but phenomenal results, you know, and every, mm. every time I got on the scale, it was more good news, more good news. And when I got to 50 ahead of goal, I'm like, well, let's just see how much more I can lose. And, mm. but also things started creeping in. Like I started, I was kind of getting food phobias. Like I didn't, I was oh, paralyzed wow. at, at what to eat. Like I knew that I could have juice and I had gotten a hold of some list to probably some keto list that oh. said, you know, strawberries are okay, but you can only have three or four um, grapes. Grapes are no, no to grapes. Um, you know, it just had 
and literally it was like, here's the do's and here's the don'ts. And, wow. and so like the don'ts were like a mile long and the do's were like very short. So I kept having fewer and fewer choices. I remember standing in the store, like just paralyzed, like, I don't know what to buy. So I kept like getting the same thing over and over again. Um, but I also realized that this is completely unsustainable. Like I can't, you know, like, and at the time I was not concerned about health at all. I was only concerned about weight loss. Mm. I was, and, and I thought for right or wrong that if I'd lost the weight that I could get off the meds. So that was, mm. that was my goal was to get off these meds and to be skinny, not to be healthy, to be skinny. Um, and I, and obviously I did not care how I got there, you know, wow. but, but as this went on and as, you know, the, 50 pounds comes off, 60 pounds comes off. I got to 65 pounds. I go to Europe and I'm, I walk into the trade show floor and think, and of course the, the reaction was immediate and dramatic, but it wasn't a hundred percent positive. And oh. Germans are very direct and factual people. <laughs> <laughs> and they would like, my better friends would be like, Matt, is everything okay? Like, are you sick? You know, yeah. and I'm like, sick. I feel great. Like, look at me. But you know, you know what really rapid, I mean, my skin was hanging, my color wasn't right. You know, it right. was, I look at photos there when I was really proud of myself. I was also still big, right? So I wasn't, you know, so it looked like a guy that the fat guy that lost a lot of weight really rapidly. I did look sick. I did look unhealthy. Um, at the time, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, look at me, you know, I'm mm. thin. Like, look, I had to go buy a new suit for this, you know, like right. I'm, I'm skinny, like I'm healthy. I also though in Europe, you don't have the accessibility to, there's not a grocery store on every corner. There's not mm. a Walgreens or CVS on every corner. You know, there are no drug stores really. And they're not little bodegas everywhere. So and I also didn't have the food, you know, German food is <laughs> schnitzel and everything, right? So I, again, was, I spent a lot of that two weeks there uh, not eating, like, not mm. just like, again, the food paralysis where I was like, I, I know I can't have this. I know that schnitzel is a bad choice. I know that, you know, covered in gravy and sour cream and everything else. So I would end up eating, you know, potatoes, roasted potatoes or something, or I'd, I'd find sushi. So, you know, I'd get, mm. I'd get a thing of sushi or something. I'd find, I, I was shocked because I thought I'd be able to find fresh fruit everywhere. And I, I couldn't find fruit like I wanted, you know, it just wasn't for, it was also spring, like early spring. Okay. So it's probably a seasonal thing where it's like, yeah, because we just came out of winter. There's no, you know, sorry, there's no apples yet. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's right. March. But, um, again, I was just a, a dumb American, like going, what do you mean? There's, you know, there should be a grocery store that has everything I want sitting on a <laughs> rack there for me to grab, you know? Right. Um, so, so from there I started really, you know, I was looking more at, I would started listening to the ritual podcast at that point, you know, I was, and he's interviewing all of these, you know, just these paradigm shifting guests that he has on, right. That are just talking about 
whole food plant-based diet, not veganism, whole food plant-based. And, mm. and a lot of it was kind of what, you know, I was seeing success with and, and then started seeing how, you know, I think he interviewed Joe Cross at one point too, where, and it was like, and pointed out, you know, some of the obvious holes in that plan where it's like, Hey man, you know, when you take fruit and you strip away all of the fiber, like that's not exactly healthy either. Like, you know, we need right. to be looking at the whole plant, the whole food source, not just a portion of it. Um, right. So I, you know, and I just kept, you know, basically I was looking for sustainability at that point. And, and obviously I went back for my doctor checkup and my doctor, Dr. Kuhn hugged me. Like Aww. he was like, Oh my God, look at you. He hugged me. But he also said after that, that because I knew that I had I had I had stopped taking the meds because two things one I was getting lightheaded so I knew I couldn't keep taking the blood pressure meds mm -hmm. two I was trying to skip a step that I'm like if I come back and and he goes well your blood work looks great you know come back in 30 days stop taking the meds and come back in 30 days we'll look at it again I just stopped taking the meds 30 days prior to my appointment so that mm -hmm. he could and he actually like was going through my blood work and he looked over at me and he, he said, did you stop taking your meds? And I said, yeah, I did. He goes, okay, good. You know, and that was it. Like you're off your meds. You're good. You don't have to talk about that anymore. But he said, the reason he hugged me is he's like, look, he goes, you're the only patient I've had this week that I get to give good news. Oh. Every other person I've seen has been more and more bad news. And and I said, I used to be that guy. I used to come to your appointment and get bad news every time mm. for years. Right. So, you know, that was really poignant. Um, and that was obviously, you know, I was, I'd had all these successes, right? These small wins that were, you know, where again, it's like, oh, you used to be, you you needed to lose some weight. You lost some weight. Good for you, you know? But then of course, as the journey continued, I became more and more plant-based. We started on meatless Mondays, mm. you know, I discovered quinoa, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I did, I found out that beans are delicious and that you can eat them all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all these vegetables that were, that used to be, you know, in a salad dish on the side of my meal were now piled onto the big plate and they're, you know, um, and it was just, you know, cheese took a while to quit, you know, but, uh, you know, so we were vegetarian to begin with, went to, uh, it started trying to cut that out, um, learn more and more about why it's so hard to cut out cheese, you know, and the more, the more you learn about that, the more convinced you are that you shouldn't have it, you know, inflammation, you know, every, it was great because everything we added in just worked, worked mm -hmm. better, you know, had, had more success and the weight continued to come off. Um, I, you know, was, was running all of the time, going to gym all the time, had all this energy. Uh, and then I remember, um, you know, setting some more goals and thinking and looking at BMI and because before BMI was obviously a very flawed, uh, scale and you know those whoever those people are that they're sampling this size to weight ratio are not built like me i'm like this big guy i have to weigh at least 220 pounds and that and the bmi chart says two, 220 is obese mm -hmm. so i'm like 
well, I weigh 220 right now and I'm definitely not obese. Mm. So, but then, you know, as time goes on, I'm like, well, maybe, you know, and again, Dr. Kuhn said, how much did you weigh in high school? And I'm like, well, what the hell does that have to do with anything? <laughs> like, I weighed 165 pounds in high school. That would be emaciated. Like I would be a skeleton if I weighed 165 pounds. He goes, well, how did you feel in high school? Like, what do you mean? He's like, how did you feel at 165 pounds? I said, I felt amazing. I felt yeah. incredible, uh, you know? So he kind of put that nugget in my head where when he said it, when he suggested it, I was like, that is insane. Like my doctor is a crazy person. Like there's no way, like 165 pounds. But then when he tied it together with how'd you feel? And I'm like, well, yeah, but I was also, you know, I was saying, well, when you're 18, of course you feel amazing. You know, it's like right, full of energy. Right. I was, it's like, well, maybe that's because you weighed 165 pounds. <laughs> so, <laughs> So then, you know, I started shooting for 200 to see if I could, I actually wanted to get, I called it the wonders, the, the <laughs> O-N-E-ders, the, the O-Neaters. Um, I wanted to see if I could get under 200 pounds. And I remember telling my father-in-law that I just kind of shot that out at him, you know, like, you know, cause he was, I, of course at that, you know, lost 60 pounds, man, what a what a dramatic transformation really proud of you you know man this is fantastic good for you you know you're back healthy but that's good like you know and i when i said 199 he was like mm, i don't know but no that's not that doesn't sound like a good idea 199 that's that's probably too skinny for you i think no you're you're good you're good right there i wouldn't lose any more weight you don't need to lose weight okay <laughs> I'm like, how can you say that though? I'm like, mm. you know, and why didn't you say, hey, you're fat and I'm really worried about you when I weighed what must have been 300 pounds, right? Like no one, right. no one was knocking the plate of food out of my hand when I went back for thirds when I weighed 300 pounds right. and nobody was, nobody had any, I actually one very good friend of mine that, it, that had that conversation that he was like, hey man, I'm really worried about you. Like you're really overweight. Like I'm kind of scared that like you might drop dead, you know, like you're really big, but that was one guy, one guy and not, not a family member either. One, right. one friend that had the courage to come up to me and go, I'm scared. I'm worried about your health. I think you know? that, that speaks volumes that how much he valued your, you as a person. Others are afraid to turn over the apple cart, so to speak, because they're not sure how someone's going to take it or, or how to approach that conversation. How would you recommend someone, you know, approaching someone who is overweight, who dealing with the shame and the concerns that they would be in a receptive manner? How, how would you find that that yeah. would be a, a good way to approach it? If someone is and there's someone in their life that they're worried about. I mean, my my recommendation is head on, right? But that's, but I also know that you kind of have to prepare yourself for them to push back, obviously that, mm. but it, but it's, it is the 600 pound gorilla in the room, literally, right? And, yeah. but it has to, it, we have to have that conversation more. I mean, that's what I, I get exasperated. You and I have had this conversation, everyone, everyone, in our circle of friends, ha we're exasperated by it, mm -hmm. where it's, you know, why can't we as a society 
have these conversations. Why is it, why is it that when someone reaches a healthy BMI index that their friends go, we're concerned, you're too thin, you need to put on weight. Mm -hmm. But when they're morbidly obese, nobody says we're concerned, you need to lose weight. You know, it's, and, you know, it's, I also think from, from my point of view that I, you know, I've told you, I've shared this with you is that I always keep the fat pictures on my phone so that I can show them. I, I was shocked that I would have a conversation like, Hey man, you know, we really need to talk about your, your weight here. And they're like, I, I'll dare you, you know, like some fit skinny guy talking to me about being fat. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, hang on. Look. And they're like, Whoa. Wow, yeah. you were a great big fat person. You know? It's like, yes, I was. And then it's then it's somehow okay. But I mentioned earlier that when I was big, I didn't see big in the mirror. I saw thin. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm thin, I usually still see big in the mirror, right? That it's yeah. it's that, you know, when body dysmorphia. <laughs> it is. It is. So, you know, when I approach someone, I'm thinking this guy will understand where I'm coming from. I'm a, I'm a big guy, you know? And then they look at me like, why are you talking to me about weight loss, bro? <laughs> so, you know, that's, but that's the, you know, I think it's, it's a, it's a conversation that, you know, our, our, our doctors need to start having that conversation too. I mean, they're, I've my both of my in-laws have been told to gain weight by their oh physicians and eat higher goodness. calorie food. And I'm like, how I'm could your doctors say something like that to you? I, you could put I, on a few pounds. You're too skinny. Who uh, what? <laughs> yeah, there's a very there's very few of my patients that have this issue, you know, with their BMI is under like 18.5 or something. I mean, they're right. they're thin, then it becomes of an issue. Um but the majority, obviously, I don't have that conversation. I would say there's three things that I'm thinking about. One, you know, as you approach someone who's overweight, and if you've never been overweight yourself, the way I approach it, because I've never had to deal weight with weight issues. And I mean, the only time I gained weight was when I was pregnant. Um, and I understood how that was uncomfortable and modeling right. and stuff. Right. I can't imagine all the time, right? So, but uh, is honestly just trying to be there and encourage them to look at their health. And that's, I approach it more like that. And I said, the scale will take care of itself. And so it's, you know, maybe you approach it. If you have a loved one approach it from the health aspects, like do man, you know, mom and dad died of this, or, you know, my uncle had this or whatever. I'm worried about your heart. I'm worried, you know, number one killer of Americans is heart disease. Can we talk about maybe some foods that will decrease your risk? You know, that type of approach I think works well if you're coming from it from a, a fit thinner person to someone and as a physician as well. Doctors who tell patients to gain weight, I think one, have no business talking about nutrition because they don't know anything about nutrition. And two, they probably have issues themselves. So they're probably right. obese. And then I would think that other people who don't say anything to your family members, they feel more comfortable with someone who's overweight. Let's think about why it would be, don't you think? Because they're less of a a reflection of maybe things, right? right. So they can't reflect, oh, I need to lose weight too. They're looking great. So maybe I should do something. It's kind of the same way. I'm sure you've been in this position where you order your healthy plant-based meal, say nothing about that to anyone. 
And then they yep. suddenly go, oh, what's that? You tell them what you're eating. And they go, why are you eating that? And you tell them why you're eating, you're eating it. And they go, oh, so what I'm eating is unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, they take a, they get offended by my plate. I'm yeah, like, that you, you never said. <laughs> and, and it's funny how we don't get offended by their plate, right? Or, but I get yeah. asked that a lot too, that they'll be yeah. like, hey man, do you mind? I'm going to, I'm going to have a cheeseburger. I'm like, I don't, I don't mind that you have a cheeseburger. Right. <laughs> you know what I do though? I pull the doctor cards. Well, Hey, I don't mind if you want to eat something that's going to increase your risk of heart attack today. Sure. <laughs> you know, so I'm here. I am, you know, I'm ACLM certified <laughs> or a uh, advanced cardiac life support ALS. So I'm just like, you know, it's like <laughs> just to rub it in a little, well, I, but I could do that I, though. <laughs> I think too, for, for men, especially, I can't speak to, to women necessarily, but for men, for men my age too, and I'm I'm 51. I'll be 52 in February. Um, there's it's shocking to me that because I have approached it from the health point of view, like, hey man, like mm. think about your heart. Like you don't want to have a heart attack, you know? Right. How's your how's your blood pressure doing? They have no idea. They never go to the doctor. They never get checkups. I was exactly the same way. The only reason I ever went to the doctor to begin with is my wife encouraged me to, you know wow. that. Because yeah. she has, you know, and women have more regular doctor's visits, right? So men, if you're, if you don't have an ailment, then maybe you never go. I never went. And I, and my thought process was, there's nothing wrong with me. You know, what right. do I need to go to a doctor for? If, if something hurts or I'm sick, I'll go see a doctor. But, and these silent killers, the cholesterol and mm -hmm. blood pressure, I talked to get, I talked to overweight guys and I'm like, how's your blood pressure, man? I don't know. I guess it's good. I'm like, what do you mean you guess? Like what's the, so I think a lot of people, you know, need to find out that baseline and see, I mean, I've, mm. I've had close friends that have told me that, yeah, man, I just had a checkup and my doctor was like, he's really scared about what my blood pressure is. And I'm like, well, mm. what is your blood pressure? And they say some crazy number. It's like, oh, I don't know. It's 180 over 150 or something. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Brain so, explosion. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I'm like, and, but they don't know what a normal blood pressure is, or, or mm -hmm. they think what a normal blood pressure is, is what is what we accept as normal now, where it's like mm -hmm. the threshold of heart disease is now normal because Right. Or which I always say average, you know, and I always say yeah. compared to what, right? Well, my doctor says my blood pressure is fine. And I'm like, compared to what? Compared to everyone else in the United States or mm -hmm. compared to a healthy blood pressure? Mm -hmm. What is your blood pressure? And is it right. being controlled by medication? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I, but typically what I see back is that they have no clue. You know, men, right. men my age and, young, you know, that that 40 something white guy in America has no clue, never goes to the doctor, eats like he's a teenager and then is going to drop dead of a heart attack. And right. and everyone's going to go like, gee, we didn't even know he was sick, you know, mm -hmm. so that's that's part of the conversation that you know, and especially, you know, we've got a global pandemic going on and, and people mm -hmm. are still refusing to talk about health when they think that this virus is killing us and it's, you're, you were already sick. You were, right. you, you were compromised coming into this. Right. You, you had one hand tied behind your back, go stepping into the rain, you know, you need mm -hmm. to be, and, you know, we see it every day where it's like, you know, a, a healthy man died, died from COVID. They put his picture up. It's like, that's not a healthy man. 
You know, right. that, that guy is not healthy. If that's our image, if that's the picture we hold in our head of what a healthy man looks like, we've got right. to address that, you know, and that's, right. that's a bigger conversation to have, right? When, when everyone, like you said, body dysmorphia, I, when I was at my biggest, I, when I was at my biggest, I knew I was at my biggest. It was, it was uncomfortable. I was suffering. Um, you know, everything in life was a challenge. When I was 50 pounds overweight and had high blood pressure and high cholesterol, I did not see myself as obese. I did not yeah. see myself as sick. I right. thought that, the, and I, and I also believed what most people were telling me that, Hey man, you're just getting older. You're not a kid anymore. And I was like, well, you know, all right, buy some pants that fit, you know, buy an extra large shirt instead of a large. Eh, that's not such a trade off, you know, I'm not like what, you know, not like I was going to go run 10 miles in the morning anyway. What's the big deal? Right. And then and I, right. I think we're all think of life in this in this steady decline until we die. <laughs> that's right. what I had in my head is that you just get you decline into death. And now I think the opposite, that I'm going to be on this upward trajectory. And then, you know, that's like, I think we had this conversation in Leadville too, where the, uh, you would hear these stories about, you know, marathon runner drops dead at finish line. And you'd be like, oh, that poor bastard. Now I'm like, that's exactly how I want to die right there. It's like, you know, like, yes, you know, out on a run and just, just you know. 95 years old out on a run and and drop dead during in the middle of a run that's that's living right there the poor know? souls around them but hey you you died right. the way you wanted <laughs> right so you i traumatized so i traumatized everyone around me at the finish line okay wow, there's ptsd and many psychiatric appointments for people <laughs> no i think so you're I, right so we we have a skewed view of health right so it's like you said, like the, the pinnacle is 25 and it's downhill from there. So, you know, like right. I'm your age, right? I'll be 51 at the end of the month. And people are just like, wow, you don't look like you're 51. I'm like, actually, I am 51. And that's how everyone should be looking like at 51. This is the problem. Exactly. You don't look 51 because this is the healthy, you know what I'm saying? I feel like, why shouldn't I be the, the common person, right? right? I get told that too all the time. It's like, you don't look 50. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. how old are you? Like, we're the same age. You don't look 50. Right. <laughs> you look exactly. like you're 65. <laughs> exactly. That's ex like, exactly. Well, let's talk about what <laughs> the typical 50 year olds, why they look older. It's because this is what 50 should look like. <laughs> right. You know, that um, half century mark. I, I never dreamt that I would be like this at 50 because you always, you know, it's growing up. We see 50 year olds were, even when we were kids, people in their Ooh. 50s, they didn't write, well, you know, 50 years old, but you know, it just, it just seemed like a different thing, but we have such a potential of health well into our advanced years. And, you know, I, I feel like, well, I, I know I'm 50, but physically I don't feel 50. What, am, <laughs> what, how, like, how fast is this decline going to happen when I do die eventually? You know, it's like, well, I don't know. We'll see. Lord willing, it's a long time, but hey. <laughs> and I don't think, I mean, you know, it's, it's, we just keep moving and we, and we keep eating whole food mm -hmm. plant-based, right? And, mm -hmm. and that's the. Right. That's, but those are the things, I mean, and people call them sacrifices, but I didn't sacrifice anything. I gained everything. You know, I oh, you just gained, sacrificed your hypertension. You sacrificed exactly. your cholesterol. You sacrificed cholesterol not well. Right. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but that's the th and people say 
you know, but we hear that comment all the time. I could never give up cheese. I could never give up eating pizza every mm -hmm. Friday. I could, I could never, I could never, right. I could never. I'm like, mm. it's first of all, yeah. you, uh, yes, of course you can, because I'm not unique. I'm not special. And, mm -hmm. and second, it's not a sacrifice. It's, you know, and I think that's this, this food fog, right? I mean, everyone, that I talked to that's gone whole food plant-based had that same experience where it was like a fog lifting, right? Where I didn't know that the, I never associated with how I felt with the food I ate until it, the fog lifted and I, and then I would put, you know, you would become energized by the meal you had. I thought eating a meal always meant getting sleepy. You know, I just mm. thought that, yeah, yeah, I had lunch and I needed to take a nap. I had a big dinner and I needed to take a nap. And now it's like right. I have lunch and I go for a run. You know, <laughs> I have breakfast and I go for a run. So mm -hmm. that's, but that, when you're, when you have, when that's all you've ever known, you know, then that's, mm -hmm. then, and you think, and you get that, that, that immediate satisfaction, right? Where you're like, yeah you have that bite of cheeseburger or the chicken McNugget or whatever. And you'd like get that, that brain chemistry going nuts where you're like, yes, yes. And then of course, 10 minutes later, you're like, Oh no, no, but that's a hard, that's a hard cycle to break. And it does take time. It's that disconnection. Like I, I had trouble quitting cheese until I quit cheese for a long enough period of time that when I had real dairy cheese again, it tasted I'm like, why was I even interested in this? You know, mm -hmm. like it tastes like wax. It tastes plasticky. Like, mm -hmm. but at the time oh, yeah. I was like, this is delicious. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I want this on everything I eat. You know? Right. <laughs> so. No, I used to be a, quite the lover of cheese myself. And we went plant-based literally overnight. And I think it was three months later. Um, I didn't have cheese, but I had a, a dairy saucer, like ice cream, because I didn't have the sorbet and I thought oh I'll just have a little bit I actually felt like I had the flu for like 24 Ooh. hours and it was the most bizarre situation because I never correlated either because I felt pretty good because I mean I was 40 um so next year will be 10 years so however well 41 when we went plant-based so I was like I mean, I, I mean, I, I felt pretty good on my allergies improved and all that stuff, but as yeah. far as energy and I was always active, I was, you know, just out of the military. So I was always doing stuff, but, but that, that really honed in onto me as like, Oh, <laughs> okay. And then I just wanted nothing to do with it, but I can't even walk down the meat aisle anymore. I can't, it freaks no. me out. Like the cheese and meat mm -hmm. aisle, like all I see now are dead is dead flesh and illness and Right. living beings that should still be living i that ethical side of things has completely intervened in my life and soul which i'm totally happy with because it's just one more reason to stay this way and now with the climate and all but oh my heavens it's it's quite a dramatic change as you go into year after year after year of eating this way i can't remember honestly what it was like to eat the other way because i eat pretty healthy already honestly because we didn't like you said the poppers that we had when growing up, we didn't have money. So we ate what we grew. We had right. very little meat because it was expensive. We had tons right. of dairy, but we had mostly beans and potatoes. Like I literally had beans most every single day of my life and continued that on as I grew the kid. So I never had the GI issues of fiber. I was like, oh, well, I always eat beans, but totally get it. Mm -mm. 
that meat and dairy is something else. I, the ethical side too. Like I, I remember I would always point out that I am not vegan and I'm not ethical about the way I eat, mm. you know, like that was like my caveat. I'm like, look, I eat whole food plant-based purely out of health for me. Right. And then it started creeping in and it was just, yeah. it was organic that I was like, I don't want to harm anything anymore. Right. And I used to like, again, growing up in Texas, that hunting and fishing culture, yeah. like, you know, I, that was ingrained in me. And I was, I was kind of supportive of that. You know, I was yeah. like, Hey man, like good on you do your thing, you know? And I, I worked on a dairy farm as a teenager. I saw that inhumanity up close yeah. and didn't see anything wrong with it. That's yeah. that was still like I look back on that. I'm like the horror that I mm -hmm. witnessed and was so desensitized to it. And now mm -hmm. look back and like, you know, the dairy industry, it's like, you know, you want to see cruelty up close. It's like I worked yeah. on a farm that you know hundreds of heads of cattle that, you know i i saw all of that but again i was it's it's bizarre like you know the speciesism thing too that, that i don't even think was a word until a couple of years ago but how you're you know we were always horses were on a pedestal and mm -hmm. cows were just meant to be eaten and mm -hmm. pigs were meant to be eaten but dogs are to be revered and cats and i'm like it all made sense to me. Now I'm like, don't you see? It's all the same, like, you know, right. but again, an experience I had in Europe where I was at an Italian restaurant and had to ask what a word on a menu was. And they said it was horse. And I was horrified, oh, horrified. And, and the waiter looked at me like, do you eat cow? And I said, of course I eat cow. What kind of question is that? He goes, same thing and walked away. And that, oh, wow. I remember that today. And I'm like, he was absolutely right. He's like, what's this guy getting upset about? Horse, big deal. You know, wow. it's like, you're going to eat a cow, but a horse is different. At the time, I thought it was. I thought it was a completely different thing. Like, no, no, wait, you don't eat horses. Like, well, right. you shouldn't eat cow either. <laughs> you know? So mm -hmm. it's, wow. it's funny how, you know, and that's the part of my journey about how it was a journey and how everything made more and more sense as it went along. Nothing was contradictory, everything. And, you know, now we know that, you know, my favorite Dr. Greger, who's always talking about the protocol for this and the protocol for that. And it always ends up being the same thing. Eat a whole food plant-based diet. And, you know, how do you prevent COVID? Eat a whole food plant-based diet. How do you prevent high blood pressure? Eat a whole food plant-based diet. And, that's what I, that's to me, that's what I love. That was the edification that I needed through this, where it was like every door I walked through pointed to the same thing where before everything was contradictory. It's like, mm. well, I could, you could almost pick your nutrition plan, right? It's like, well, I really like steak and eggs. Well, we have, we have that steak and egg diet for you over here, sir. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. well, I don't, I don't care for red meat, but I really like fish. Oh yes. Mm. Here's your, here's your fish diet over here. And then, but all of them had their drawbacks and all of them would have mega contradictions. And then you would run into these, you know what the problem is? Legumes are the problem. That's the problem. And, you know, lectins are the problem and oh tomatoes are poison and nightshades and all of that. But I mean, I'm watching the same PBS show that everyone else is watching going, 
well, why didn't you tell me that tomatoes are poison? I didn't know that. I thought tomatoes were good for me. Yeah. Oh <laughs> so, oh but that's the but nobody would think that. Oh, killing an animal, slaughtering it in its massive but, injections of hormones and antibiotics right. and potential for you know all the bacteria and the death and the crime. I mean, just just thinking the what that animal is aware and the fear that it had you don't think that conveys to you in some way there are of course it does. <laughs> there's so course much it going does. on oh my god it just it aggravates me and now i now i see why vegans you know the ethical vegans who enter this from the ethical vegan side get angry right you know because it's it's like it's like a religious thing for them they're like it's like killing my family it's like killing right. something that we feel has has the right to live yet has, has it's it's speaking there's no voice to it and um and the cruelty yeah, it's, that's been added really to it too oh. for, for profit where it's like you know you can see in some cultures where it is more of a you know that the cruelty has been eliminated so it's like well that's a little blurry or maybe you know but yeah the way we do it in this mechanized you know industrial agriculture type setting where you're just pumping them full of as many antibiotics as you can and and force feeding them you know not anything they would need, eat naturally and mm. and then the the cruelty from birth till slaughter and yeah the, the like if you if you look at that on its face if you extrapolated that to anything else you would right. be like that's utterly inhumane and cruel we have to stop this but then when right. you put it in and put a nice shiny piece of cellophane on it and put it in the in the display case they're like yeah, i'll have the t-bone yeah. please yeah. and i that's, that's amazing mm. yeah and they're like oh it's grass-fed it's out in pasture <laughs> but i'm like i'm sorry you still put a bullet in its head or you killed it by this way i'm like death has never been humane and at least that i'm aware of you know as far as oh. In instilling death in someone, not the natural cause of death, but oh, anyway, my goodness. But well, we have had quite a great conversation. So, over a hundred pound weight loss, stopped all your medications. You're running. You're active. You're living your your life. That your midlife. <laughs> um, yes. So what would be your final advice for someone who's listening? Because I feel like we really touched about a lot of things that a lot of people will find in common, you know, the thoughts that you shared and just expressing those, but what, what final advice would you suggest for someone who's considering this way of life or approaching someone else with this? I think it's, I mean, that's, that's the thing though, is the focus has to be on nutrition and movement, right? So that, and, and that we are not meant to slowly decline into death in our life, that we, that we're meant to thrive and we're meant to be mobile and outside in nature and and eating food that looks exactly like what it started off being so you know when you're eating an apple you have you don't have to wonder where that thing came from it looks exactly like an apple so you know if it's in a bag or a box don't eat it and mm -hmm. you know eat whole foods and plant-based and and i think that's the and have that conversation with that loved one that you're that you're worried about have that hard conversation i think we've all i think we all have have had We've all lived through the same year and a half and had this horrifying experience of losing people suddenly uh, and for for preventable reasons. I think maybe that conversation's easier to have now if we look at it even from a way of of fortifying ourselves against these viruses that keep cropping up, you know, and and uh, that that's 
I know it's a hard conversation to have, but yeah, you've got to address the 600 pound gorilla in the room. You've got to have that talk and, and, and be prepared too. I think that's the thing is that no, expect their reaction, that, that they're not going to hug you and say, I've been waiting for you to say something to me so I could get started, that they're going to react in a, in a negative way. They're going to be upset with you. Um, but they're also, you know, like I said, I looked back, I had that one friend, I, re I remind him all the time that you were the only guy, you were the mm. only guy that had the courage to come talk to me and mm. say you were worried about me. And that meant a lot, it meant a lot at the time, even though, I wasn't very happy when he told me that um, and I deflected it too. I was like, Hey man, it's cool. I've got it under control, but you know, it stayed with me. I remember it to this day. Um, and you know, if your doctor is supporting uh, your bad habits, get a new doctor. You know, there's mm -hmm. great doctors like doc Dr. Lori out there. You've mm -hmm. got the healthy human revolution, you know, there it's, before that wasn't available, right? I got really lucky. I happened to have a primary care provider that told me there was an alternative. I, you know, that was that was pure luck. Um, that and the fact that I'd really rebelled against having to take prescription meds. But, you know, if your doctor is, is saying, hey, this is just the way it's gonna be for you, uh, you know, reject that notion because mm -hmm. it's absolutely possible to live a healthy, happy lifestyle without, with, without going the way that, you know, you're just getting older. I No. So that was a very long meandering answer, but that's my answer. No, I, I think that's the very good summary of everything that you spoke to and have those hard conversations because honestly, if something happens to them, you're always going to have the regret that you didn't. So at least, you know, approach it in love and saying, can I help you on this journey? And then walk with them. You know, don't say, oh, you need to eat plants to do this, but just say, hey, I'm here to support you. And here's some, some you know, other, um, I would say more objective evidence. You know, I wouldn't right. say that you know, unless you're a physician and right. an expert in that field or had that experience yourself, you could sort of say, hey, here's my experience with this and here's some resources I found helpful. Would you at least look at them because I do worry about your health and, and leave it at that. And you know, you just think you're planting the seed, right? That will blossom because you had multiple seeds. The universe was poking you a lot in one period. Was shoving me, was shoving me definitely. <laughs> I was like, I think there's some very signs here is that eventually they're gonna get your attention, but um, it took yeah. a while. <laughs> But those seeds start accumulating and you're like, huh, you know, that's really interesting. And there will, there will come a time, hopefully, that someone will listen and take a, a different look at themselves. But, you know, through the eyes of like, wow, I do need to change some things. So, and life is hard, man. This is not easy conversation. Hard. Life, that's just part of it. You got it. We got to suck up the hard times with the good times, but welcome to life. That's what makes it interesting. Exactly. So That's what makes uh, it interesting. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Matt, so much for your time. And we really appreciate your sharing your wisdom through your journey with us. And I really hope that it inspires people who are listening. I hope so, too. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Excellent. Bye, everyone. And uh, tune in next week. Thanks for watching. And I hope you enjoyed that video. Before you go, though, please hit the subscribe button and the alert button so you will be notified whenever we upload any new videos. On Monday, we upload the Healthy Human Revolution podcast. Now, if you'd rather listen to the podcast, you can find it on all the major platforms such as iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and even Spotify. 
Now, if you're looking for more resources on how to start a plant-based diet, sustain a plant-based diet, exercise, recipes, anything regarding wellness, we've got you covered. Check out healthyhumanrevolution.com. And again, thanks for watching.